Hello, Marvelites! I'm Ryan Panagos, aka Agent M, and you're listening to This Week in Marvel, episode number 457. But he's not alone. Oh, no, no, no. It's me, Lorraine Singh. And of course, your boy, Jason Roy Eichelhart, aka JMI. Yeah, the trio, uh, what do we, what do we call ourselves? The Three Amigos, I think I came up with originally <laughs> myself last <laughs> time we were say that? <laughs> yes. Uh, the Three Amigos, copyrighted This Week in Marvel 2020. <laughs> We may not be able to say the three amigos, but I'm pretty sure we could say the trace amigos. Oh, I like that. Uh, if you're just joining us this week, we are talking about what we talk about every week. What's going on at Marvel, whether it's games, comics, movies, TV, all kinds of stuff. But before we get into that, I want exciting updates. Lorraine, tell me something cool. Um. Oh, can I tell you? This is the coolest thing that I'm really into right now, and please judge me accordingly, but I've been really into figuring out what the trees are around my house, and I found this app. Um, this is not an ad. Uh, I found this app called Seek, which is a naturalist app, and you can literally point your camera at a tree, and it'll tell you what kind of tree it is. And because of getting into the folklore of trees, uh, both real and imagined. I've also gotten very into listening to real life accounts of fairy culture. Okay. I was not expecting this to go this direction. (laughs) (laughs) You guys, basically what I'm trying to say is I've had a lot of time on my hands to do whatever I feel like is essentially what I'm saying. That's amazing. When we take the the baby out, um, we say hello to everything. So I've taught the baby Aww. to like love and respect trees and talk to the trees. So she waves at all the trees <gasps> and she pets them like she pets a, a cat and stuff. So I feel this. Oh, Seek, cute. I'm going to have to bring this on our, our walks with us. It's awesome. I highly recommend it. And also, if you want to get weird with some fairy stories, they're all over the internet. Oh, I've been playing a video game a lot and like sweating <laughs> in my house because we can't have more than one air conditioner on at a time because <laughs> New York City electricity, you know? So that's cool. Oh, that's uh, why I left. Yeah, I've been playing. It's not cool, actually. It's, it's literally it's not cool. It's the worst, uh, especially in a heat wave. Uh, but I've been playing yeah. Ghost of Tsushima, which is a real fun, real pretty game. Do you like it? Oh, my gosh. It is awesome. I love it. The Sort of like the combat takes a little getting used to, but it is one of the prettiest games you'll ever play. And it's got a great story, great acting, and it has... You, like I, I play it where all the dialogue is in Japanese with subtitles. And oh, there's, love that. There's a mode that is a Kurosawa mode. So it's film. It's all black and white, like a Akira Kurosawa movie, because it's basically a big love letter to Kurosawa and samurai films. And oh, it's wow. rad. It's really, really good. That makes me so happy because I used to watch a lot of Terrace House before I went to Japan because I wanted to get an ear for the language. And I've been missing having a chance to try to speak my Japanese very poorly, but with a lot of heart. Uh, But uh, for all of our listeners, we want to teach you some things. We want you to learn some fun stuff about what's going on at Marvel this week. And there's a lot. Uh, We've been talking about a little bit of video games. So why don't we start with some video game stuff? First thing uh, at the top is we just announced Summoner Showdown 2020, which is... Gonna be awesome. I was a big part of the 2019, the inaugural Summoner Showdown, and I'm gonna be a part of this one for 2020. There's a video up on marvel.com, which it's gonna be a whole lot of fun. So this is new though. This is exciting because it's gonna be in not just the United States, it's gonna be in the Americas, Europe, Russia, Asia, and Oceania, and everybody's gonna battle it out in three different rounds. It's gonna start with qualifiers before moving to semifinals, and then of course the finals, but the qualifiers themselves kick off on August 17th. So you champions better get ready for battle. I mean, get in there. I don't know how you apply. How do you apply? Uh, You go to summonershowdown.com for more information. Of course, you need to be uh, a pretty dang good player in Marvel Contest of Champions. Um, Mm -hmm. The game has like 170 different characters and 170 different champions. So there's a lot of opportunities for you to to sort of get in there and show your skills. It's going to be cool because there are going to be new bosses this year with Silver Surfer, Captain Marvel, Infinity War, Iron Man. I'm very excited to to see this come together. And especially because, as you said, Lorraine, like expanding 
so far around the world, so many opportunities for different people to get involved this year. It's going to be a hoot. What makes the biggest difference between Infinity War, Iron Man, and like the other Iron Man? Is like, is there like a different power set, a different, a different um, armor set? What's, what's the deal? Like, how, what will the people see differently from what they've already been playing with? Yeah, so there's a whole bunch of different Iron Man. There's like a Hulkbuster. There's you know a regular Iron Man. There's the Infinity War Iron Man, and they have different special moves. They have different capabilities, different builds, which is cool. That's part of what makes Marvel Contest of Champions a lot of fun. It's different. You could have different versions of the same character, and they will work a little bit differently and, and provide different bonuses. And especially like as you go through your character, you know you may have like your greatest character may not work in some of these battles. So uh, this will be an yeah. opportunity for people to really explore what they have. Gotcha. Yeah, so um, if you want to submit yourself for world domination, <laughs> go to summonershowdown.com and uh, see see how you fare against the world. Ooh, yeah. I mean, this is the, uh, this is the ultimate moment to talk crap to the entire world. There's a person. And what could out, be more there's, there's American a, than there, that? There's a person out there who has spent their life talking crap to their cousins, and now you can talk crap to the entire world. Yes. Oh man, I wish I could play this game well. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, it was really interesting doing last year's uh, Summoner Showdown and watching the really amazing players when they start and they sit down, they just like get so focused. They're just like everything around them fades out, and they're just play 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 and if they make one little mistake it all falls apart it's really Ugh. it's really intense also i don't know that we ever said the name of the game we're of course talking about marvel contest of champions yes marvel contest of champions which is available on uh your mobile devices so definitely check that out but there was also a big old marvel's war table this week Hootie holy smokes this one was good uh i know you and i lorraine are very excited for marvel's avengers James, are you ready for Marvel's Avengers? I hope, I hope so. If I mean, if it's anything, oh god, if it's anything like the the Spider Man games like that, where you like are in the real world and you have a free free reign to do things, my head is probably going to explode. <laughs> oh, your head's going to explode! Oh uh, my god! Especially after what was detailed this week on the War Table. First up, they went through the beta, which is coming up really, really soon. The beta is. It is. It, it, it is beta-licious. Yeah. It Ugh. is so much beta. <laughs> so much beta. Uh, so the beta begins on August 7th for PlayStation 4 pre-orders. Then on August 14th, Xbox One X and PC pre-orders can go into the beta and the PlayStation 4 opens up their beta to more people. And then by August 21st, all platforms will be able to get in on the beta. Um, and so some of the details for the beta. Now, of course, you can watch this on Marvel.com and Marvel's YouTube and, you know, play Avengers social channels. But the beta, once you get past the that big gameplay, the 25 minutes where you play all the characters... You then sort of get to go into a whole bunch of stuff. You get new single-player missions. You get co-op missions. Uh, you get to do some cool stuff with Kamala and Hulk teaming up to go to the Pacific Northwest. They're looking for Jarvis. You take the Quinjet. You go to Russia uh, looking for undercover shield secrets. You fight the friggin' Abomination in the beta. Yeah. yeah. Uh. So you, you play all the single-player stuff in the beta. Then you get to do um, more content. You get four heroes to choose from. So... You get to play as Iron Man, Kamala Khan, Black Widow, or Hulk. Um, three types of co-op missions. Uh, one of them is called Harm, which is the holographic augmented reality machine. So it's a ver- it's a, ro- a room oh. that is very dangerous. <laughs> you get my meaning. Yes. And it would look really cool in the War Table video. Um, so that's gonna be fun. There's the War Zones, which are these these big opportunities for you to do all kinds of stuff. You have big missions to do in there. Drop Zones, which are sort of like Drop in, hit and run encounters that are going to be great for getting gear and leveling up. Like little mini dungeons. Yeah, kind of, totally. And then the thing that I love, because I don't play a lot of multiplayer games, I'm more of a single player person. And so the the great thing about Marvel's Avengers is you can play all the co-op stuff on your own. And so if you have like all your characters that you've been playing with and leveling up, you can play solo and it'll take the versions of your characters that you've been building into the missions with you. 
So even if you don't play, like if the three of us wanted to play together, that'd be great. I can take my Hulk. James can take his Black Widow. Uh, Lorraine can take her Kamala. And then, you know, we could play together. But if like one of us just wanted to play on our own, we could still do that and have the same great experiences. So um, it's going to be a lot of fun. One of the things that I thought was the the coolest about watching this whole war table was Kamala Khan's face. And I know that is maybe a random thing. Like I'm, I'm pumped for all of the different locations and the different kinds of gameplay and all of that stuff. But there's this moment where it shows the way you can gear up your different characters and like get different gear and, and figure out like what, how you want to play, right? Because it's so highly customizable to however you want to play. But like Kamala's going through her gear and she like puts on a gauntlet and she looks at it like, ooh, yeah, this is cool. <laughs> and like it was that tiny detail that made me so excited because I'm like, if they're thinking about how she feels putting on a piece of gear, can you imagine how much thought they're putting into everything else? Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty smart. Like that's so cool. Heck yeah. There's like lots of little details like that you see in the war table. They also showed off the Hulkbuster, which is Iron Man's ultimate move. And uh, my favorite bit is they show him doing the like rapid punch that he does in the. the... Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 that. Oh, man, that bit was great. They ended up talking about the first post-launch hero, which will be Hawkeye. And he's got like a really tight buzz cut, like shaved head look. Um, so it's a little bit different. What I really dug about that part, too, is they showed some great comics that were inspiration for it. Um, they showed the mm-hmm. Matt Fraction, David Aha run. They showed Tales of Suspense by uh, our friend Matt Rosenberg, Old Man Hawkeye, um, which was really cool. And they said that. Hawkeye's going to have his own story mission chain. He's going to be playable and co-op and solo. So you've got all the base characters that we know of for the game. And then after it launches for free, we know Hawkeye is coming. And there's going to be more after that, which is rad. That's part of of what they're calling the Avengers Initiative. So it's like after the main story is completed, after the game is launched, the Avengers still have to protect the Earth from threats and incursions. And so more, 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 more. Oh, that's so good. And so, James, you were saying, like, oh, this game is going to be a lot. They they said in the war table, the full game will have the full campaign, the big story and all that stuff, more than 80 of these <gasps> war zones, more than 50 enemy types, new uh, harm rooms, which are those, like, virtual reality things, more game types, stuff that hasn't been revealed yet, which they mentioned hives and boss lairs. I mean... They just don't want people to live. You're just going to be. They want you to live in the game forever. They want you to live in the game forever and ever and ever. Yeah. You don't have to drink straight from the fire hose. You can just play a little at a that time. That is very true. We've no. got an hour no. or two. No. Your butt doesn't have to fall asleep. Forever, Lorraine. You got to treat it like Halloween candy. Just. Oh, see, see we, you and I eat Halloween candy very differently. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I eat the whole bag on the, on the night of and then I felt sick. Ugh. So uh, obviously the people at Marvel love me uh, because Marvel Adventures launches September 4th on Xbox One, PS4, and Steam. And September 4th just happens to be your boy's birthday. So Aww. thank you, thank you, thank you for this wonderful birthday gift for me. I know what I'll be getting on that day. <laughs> I should make a call. I should. That would be a really lovely uh, thing to have it arrive on your birthday. And Oh my God, I would lose my mind. Nice thing. And then... They also detailed that once you finish the beta, you can earn the Hulk Smasher's pickaxe with bonus Hulkbuster style in Fortnite. So it's a cool <gasps> Fortnite team up between Marvel's Avengers and Marvel. And did you guys ever have the Hulk hands that Hasbro yes. made back in the day? Oh my gosh, yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's what these look like. Every they time look you smash so them cool. together, they make a sound. Yes. Yeah. Our friend Jesse Falcon, he gave me the prototype sound box for the Hulk hands, which is one of my favorite things. It's just a little box and you press a button and it makes all the noises that the Hulk hands make, but it's like a piece of history. Yeah. I was going to say, don't you know that could go in a toy museum? Seriously. <laughs> Never. It's going to be on my shelf somewhere. <laughs> there it is. I was yeah. waiting for it. It's nope, mine. it's mine. <laughs> all right. So that those are the big video game things, but there's even more this week. There's a couple of new prose novels from Aconite. Uh, there's a Domino novel and, uh, and this Guardian one. These are the first heroines and legends of Asgard prose novels. They're coming October. Uh, it's really cool, starring Domino and Heimdall. You can uh, read more about them at aconitebooks.com. Um, and that's spelled A-C-O-N-Y-T-E 
bookbooks.com. If you want to go check out more or uh, maybe see if you can get in on a pre-order, that's the place to do it. Yeah, the the Domino novel is called Strays. It's going to be by author Tristian Palmgren. And the uh, Heimdall novel is called The Head of Mimir from author Richard Lee Byers. Did either of you play the God of War game from like two years ago? Oh, yes. I am familiar, but have not played. I should I, let, let me let me let me stop lying. My wife played it, and she played on God <laughs> mode, and she beat it. She's beat all the God of Wars, so she yes, my wife beat all the God of Wars on God mode. <laughs> Dang! All right, well, uh, <laughs> but Mimir is just such a cool part of that. So like Mimir is part of, of course, Asgardian lore and the legends and everything. So I'm excited to see how that plays out in the this version of the Marvel Asgardian yeah. universe. And then they did tease in this whole release of all this information that there's going to be a Doctor Doom novel called The Harrowing of Doom. And then a mutant-themed novel called Liberty and Justice for All. You're not going to tell them what's happening? You're not going to do the whole voice of, it was a dark time for Asgard. The Allfather was trapped in a bewitched olden sleep. You're not going to do all that? (laughs) Who's the voiceover person here? It's you, James. James is available to narrate that Heimdall book. Yes, I will be here to read for you. <laughs> I would listen to any of that any day. For sure. Um, I'm also getting really pumped. One of my favorite things, you know, we have these sort of solicits and things come out for a few months in advance. And they have announced October horror variants. Oh. It is one of my favorite things about October is seeing what kind of cool horror variants we're going to get. And they're all so delicious. Um, I posted some of these on my Twitter. And then this one ended up on Screen Rant, Captain Marvel 22, Captain Marvel Unleashed Horror Variant by Torin Clark, uh, who is a newer artist to us. I, I started following him and it got picked up in Screen Rant because it's this classic take on an alien movie, except for it's Captain Marvel who is the alien. And so she's coming out of like a flying saucer and there are these two uh, very 50s like, oh me, oh no, (laughs) kind of uh, people in the foreground. And it's so fun. And it's such a cool take on like a 50s sci-fi movie. That sounds awesome. But there's a bunch of them that are all these love letters to the horror genre, classic uh, monster movies and that kind of thing. So go get them. They come out in October. There's a ton of them. Go check them out also on marvel.com because they are just great. That Captain Marvel one is great too because the people in the foreground, they're Skrulls. Uh, Yeah, that's right. It's it's a a fun twist and take. I love these types of variants. There was another um, series of variants that was also announced this week that we wanted to talk about because... Did you guys see this? These are not just your regular variants. These are the Heroes at Home variants. And so this is going to be neat. Every Sunday in August on the Marvel social channels, they're going to put up a free digital comic. This digital comic is then going to appear as a variant on upcoming Marvel comics, these Heroes at Home variants. The first one... uh, So cute. Yeah, the first one. And these are all, I believe, by the artist Gurehiru, who are... These two amazing artists from Japan. I love everything that they do. Um, they've, so great. they've done Gwenpool and and tons and tons of work. Uh, and then writer Zeb Wells, who's been crushing it lately, doing really, really fun stuff on Hellions and um, Spider-Ham. Um, so the first one went up, and it is Spider-Man. And he's just hanging out at home. He's doing <laughs> some cleaning. He's doing some baking. And it, uh, it has a great little punchline, and it's a lot of fun. So every Sunday throughout August, we're going to get new free digital comics on Marvel social channels that will turn into these variants. Um, August 2nd, you're going to get Wolverine. August 9th, Captain Marvel. August 16th, Captain America. August 23rd, Hulk. And August 30th, Black Panther. They're so sweet. And, you know, not everybody can be looking up trees with an app like I am. (laughs) You know, but it's getting to a, a little slice of life from superheroes. Like, what would they be doing in their boredom? at home. It's nice. We uh, have a fun little bit right now about Marvel Made. And if anybody um, doesn't know what Marvel Made, it's our new platform, which features like these never before seen prestige Marvel products, these high end collectibles that are going to be for all the biggest Marvel fans. So any one of these Marvel made products will be released on a limited time basis throughout the year. And then they're going to be available for purchase in like 
limited runs or flash sales or minimum pre-orders so this first one is the marvel made scotty young premiere bundle it's got pins and some other cool stuff limited to only 2500 and we got to sit down and chat with scotty to talk about some of the art and being part of this and, and all kinds of fun stuff so you should go over immediately to marvelmade.net and go check it out go put in your order now and if you love those Scotty Young pins that we always have at the Marvel booth during a comic book convention, you are going to love this premiere bundle especially. But why don't we get the scoop from uh, Mr. Scotty Young? Um, hello? Hey, Scotty, it's Ryan and Lorraine from This Week in Marvel. Hi. We were just calling you because we wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Marvel Made. Awesome. Let's do it. Uh, so everybody knows now Marvel Made has finally been revealed. And it's, uh, we've got pins. We've got a, a hardcover notebook that is really, really cool. I'm excited to see what fans do with that and the variant comics. Scotty, what is, you know, for your part, what is it like designing pins and the art that goes into something like Marvel Made? Uh, I, I had such a good time with this one. We've been doing at Marvel, we've been doing the, the enamel pins based on my artwork for gosh, what, six, six, seven years now, long, long time. We've been doing them for the different conventions. And usually they're usually we just kind of grab different pieces that I've already done from this cover or that cover of this comic or that comic. And we kind of reform them into pins. This time was really exciting because I got a list of characters and I got to draw exactly what I wanted for a pin. So I think this time around, the pins are are designed to really look cool, whether you put them on a hat or a backpack or your jacket. So it was, it was really cool to get to build this from the ground up with a specific goal in mind. Well, you know, you mentioned that, you know, you've been doing this for a long time. These pins have been around for a long time. I think for anybody who goes to the Marvel booth at a convention, you know, the first thing you do is you get in that line and you get your Scotty Young pins and then <laughs> you and your friends are trading and you're fighting each other and then somebody dies or loses an eye, but everybody walks away happy because they have a Scotty Young pin. But I'm curious, you know, when it first came around, how did that, uh, how did it start? I think we all just had a conversation and and they said, hey, I, th I think we're going to do some pins. You know, the, the enable pin thing was kind of new and coming back, which, you know, we're I'm of the age where I remember it when it was cool the first time when we first had those when I was young. Right. <laughs> uh, the thing I remember most was that first year at San Diego when we first debuted them. That line was crazy. And then right as you exited the line, there was there would be this huddle of people that had gone through their pins and they were like. Like you said, they were trading and everybody was kind of throwing it out. And so at one point I went up to the group and was kind of like looking over everybody's shoulder and a couple of people in front of me were like, oh yeah, back up guy, like back up man. <laughs> and I kind of was like, well, which one do you, you know, and I had bags full of all of them, even like the hidden ones as well, right? Like the, like the secret ones. And I was like, which ones do you guys need? And, and they super were clowning me. They're like, Hey, back up. We're doing it. We're busy here. And I was like, oh, cool. And somebody said which one they needed. I was like, oh, I've got that one. I'll trade you. And they were like, really? And I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll trade you for this one. And then when they turned around, they realized it was me. And they were like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> so that was I remember that being kind of the first time I was like, wow, this is a really cool thing that's happening. And then watching it at New York and Chicago and at every convention after that, it's been I don't know. It's just been really fun to watch people get excited and watch it grow. The pins on, on this set are, are really cool. The Wolverine in particular, like really struck me because it it's almost like metallic mirror, like style, the way they did some of the, the coloring on it, which I thought was really, really neat. And, and this being sort of, you know, years worth of honing how you want to see these done and working with the team. Can you describe a little bit your style and how you implement that into this pin process? Well, I have to keep in mind that the, the you know the production side of the pins is very different than print right like the the range of colors that i can use on on in print is very wide and so i keep that in mind when i'm designing and that was is what was exciting and this time around is i had full control over the color setup and everything that we wanted to do for these pins to make sure that you don't go overboard so when it shrinks it was really just picking those two solid colors and getting a really cool light source and just kind of cartooning it up and having that nice cell shading feel to it to make sure that at the end of the day, no matter how big or small, we can make these pins that looks great from far away. I really love to, you know, you have such a great sense of humor in your, in your style. Um, you know, they're obviously very sort of cute. They've, they've got that like a, uh, 
little squished person style. That's the technical. <laughs> that's the technical sure. Yeah. Term. No. Yeah. Yeah, when I was little, when I was little, I was like, when I'm going to grow up, I'm going to draw a little squish. Yeah, LSPs. That's, that's, yep, you nailed it. (laughs) But (laughs) you know, they have such a cute style to them. And then on top of that, I just love your sense of humor. Like, I loved the Black Panther pin that was so popular where where there's like a little ball of yarn, which I think also was a stuffy at one point. Isn't that right? It was a, it was a stuffy and let's see. Nobody can see this, but I'm going to show you guys a stuffy and a really cool little statue. Oh, from Gentle oh Giant, right? They they took uh, they were doing some from statues. From Gentle there. Giant, yeah. Uh, I have the the yes. stuffy. I'm looking at it. It's in my daughter's room, and I also have Rocket and Groot, the the Groot stuffy with a little rocket, which yes. she loves, and she's like eating Rocket like slowly, like just like <laughs> gumming on his tail. I'm like, oh, this thing was supposed to be like oh, a high amazing. end piece, but I'm just letting her have it. I love it, and I've got you can see here. I've got. Spidey hanging from my <laughs> ceiling there, the Spidey plushie. Oh, speaking of Spidey, one of the ones I'm really excited for in the pack that I know fans are going to freak out about is that you got to do Spider-Man for PS4. Oh, that was so cool. We did the the suit for, like, what, what do we call that suit? The Advanced suit. The advanced suit. Oh, my gosh. It was... That is a really, really cool design. I was a little scared to draw it at first because, you know, on a big full figure, not my little squished person style, right? <laughs> uh, on, a, on a big full figure, it, it all works. But it was like trying to figure out how to interpret that on, on with such little area to cover uh, for my little. It was really cool. Yeah. And that one is cool because uh, inside it's a it's a notebook. It's a hardcover notebook. You know, you get the pin. But you'll also get that drawing on this really nice notebook. And inside, which I'm really curious to see once we're out of quarantine, once fans are getting back to conventions and store signings and events, because it has Marvel artboard pages, which is going to be really neat. Um, and I'm excited for a fan to like, you know, I don't know how much you get to even do commissions or, or sketches and stuff at panel at conventions these days uh, or when we're normal. But I would love to see some of the stuff that fans go to you with that book for. Yeah, I love I love that uh, we did the artboard style for it. That's really, really cool. I've always back in the day, I used to actually pre print up paper with like cool artboard, you know, guidelines and stuff to kind of make it feel like that comic page. So it was really cool to, to make that notebook feel like a little bit of a piece of the comic book world. Scotty, thank you for helping us uh, talk a little bit about Marvel Made. I'm excited to see uh, fans post pictures when they get their boxes because uh, even the box itself is gorgeous the whole package everything about it is really really cool uh and it's pretty amazing to see uh it all come together with your art and you're the first part of this big new initiative it was really cool to be a part of it i love the concept of it i love being the first one out of the gate and i cannot wait to see you're right that box is amazing i can't wait to see everybody enjoying it and and hopefully i can scare some people at a convention again by uh creepily hanging around while they trade stuff thank you scotty bye All right, one more big thank you, as always, to our friend Scotty Young for joining us to talk about, of course, that Marvel made Scotty Young premiere bundle. And remember, everybody, it's only available for purchase for one more week. If you want yours, you got to order it right now at marvelmade.net while they last. So, James, that was a chat that Lorraine and I had with Scotty, but you and I got to sit down with a buddy of ours, Mr. Yes, Xavier Woods, AKA Austin Creed. Now, Lorraine, um, yes. what was your reaction? Can you, can you duplicate your reaction for James when you heard me explain Austin Creed and Xavier Woods? Who? <laughs> no, I was like, well, which one? Who's who? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> didn't realize. I know Xavier Woods, but I don't. I don't know that he has an alias. Yes, he is one person to me. <laughs> purveyor of bootios. Always the purveyor of bootios, the PhD of trombonism. That brother who also has his own million subscribing YouTube channel, Up Up Down Down, one of the greatest video game channels yeah. of all time, and he just happens to be eight time eight. Time, eight 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 time, WWE 
tag team champion with the New Day and a good friend of mine. So it was really, really cool to see my brother Xavier, aka Austin Creed, do his thing. And this interview was a lot of fun that that we got to have with him. Yeah, it was great. Uh, we did this one uh, a little bit ago, but it's still pretty terrific. I think he's won more championships in the interim between when we did the interview oh, yeah. and this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is great well he wasn't there the problem the problem is the new day won the title but right when we talked to him xavier got hurt right so they've got the belt he just didn't get to wear it <laughs> yeah but it's you know it's all it's one big family it's still the new day yeah still the new day the new day is great uh all three of them they're terrific dudes uh in particular yes. woods who is our pal and we're gonna hear from him right now today we've got WWE superstar Xavier Woods in the house. Yes. Yes. AKA Austin Creed, AKA host of the greatest YouTube channel of all time, Up, Up, Down, Down, AKA the leader of twitch.tv slash Austin Creed. Jump in my Discord. Follow me on socials at Xavier Woods PhD. My DMs are open. It's quarantine. I'm inside with a full computer set up. I'm ready to do your podcast. Come and get on my YouTube channel. Let's go, Marvel. What's up? Let me tell you something, <laughs> man. There are not many people. The, what, one, what people don't understand about uh, the world of sports entertainment, the world of professional wrestling is, yes, you must be good in the ring. Yes, you must have skills. You must have your five moves of doom. But more importantly, you must be good on the stick because you must be able to sell yourself and beside, I, I would put you up against, honest to God, Austin, I'll put you up against any WWE superstar, any superstar in professional wrestling, period, who is a, there's no better self-promoter than you. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. But let's just, you know, let's get into some, you know, your Marvel origin, man. How did, how, how did, how did this start for you? Where, where did you come from? What, what is the nucleus that makes Austin Creed? Uh, so for me, this is really weird because I'm literally remembering this as uh, you're asking me because I'm like, oh, my God, what is my origin? And I am pretty sure that so when I was, a, I was a little kid, I was very socially awkward. I'm still very socially awkward as a man. I just mask it a little bit better. But um, I was super into video games and just like nerd stuff and comic books and superheroes. But I was also really into baseball. Huh. Oddly enough, it's very weird thinking about it now because I'm not like a sports guy. I would collect baseball cards like it was my job, right? And then I saw when I went to get like a new pack of baseball cards, I was like looking for like a special like rookie season of somebody. And um, I saw a pack of X-Men cards next to it. And I had like seen the cartoon like here and there and I like watched it, but I never like had taken like the dive into it. I wasn't like regularly reading comics. And I got this pack of cards and I remember vividly, it was the pack of cards from like the X-Men like summer beach bonanza or whatever. And like, I was like, and like, I, there was like a foil gambit or something. There was something foil in there that I was like, oh my God, this is, looks so cool. And it's like Wolverine on the beach and like swim trunks, like popping a beach ball or something. Uh, I don't remember the exact images, but it was dope. And I, I feel like I do remember a picture of Scott and Jean together with Wolverine in the background creeping. And I remember thinking like, man, that seems weird. And then I thought about the cartoon, like, I guess he always is creeping on Scott Summers' girl, just having those cards in my like card books. I had like the big notebook of like baseball cards. And then now I was growing like X-Men cards. And I was like, you know what? I should start watching X-Men. I started watching X-Men, watched like all of them, started reading comic books and stuff. And then I, then I was in like as, as in as I could be as, as like at like a as like nine. But that's all we would talk about at school. And we just loved everything. And it, it, it really lined up with my love of professional wrestling. Because in professional wrestling, all these guys and girls are just larger than life. They're these crazy personalities where they're, they're themselves turned up a little bit or something completely one, that's a 180 from what they are in real life. They get to play this role of essentially either being the big good guy or the big bad guy. Or sometimes you're cannon fodder in the middle. It depends on what story is being told. But the fact that all of that same stuff is within comics I think that made me gravitate to it even more because it's a, it's an escape from the the current life that you're living. You have to live that life all the time, all day, 24 hours a day. So like if I can have like an hour of an escape reading a comic book where I get to learn a little bit more like about Gambit or about like Jean Grey, it's like, oh, this is fantastic. Freaking Gambit. People know Agent M has very, very strong, strong opinions about certain- You talk about a creep. You talk about a creep. There ain't nobody creepier than friggin' Gambit. He's the creepiest, slimiest, grimiest, worst of them all. 
I, I love I love I think he's a great character like I, yeah. I think I I need to tell people that because like I think as a well-rounded really interesting character it's great but I hate him but what did like, he do that was so bad well Gambit is that dude who would like he if there's one guy in the universe who would like creep up on your girl when you went to go get a drink it, it's Gambit <laughs> The first episode of the animated series. That is the true. first time you see Gambit, he's in a like a, a hobby store. He's buying twelve decks of playing cards, and he's like, "You wanna come and have a drink with me, Sherry?" On it, <laughs> and he's like macking on her, and she's just like falling for it. And I'm like, "This is gross." And he's like that all the time. But how is it gross? I feel like it's it's way better than Wolverine, who's like, "Hey." I know you're in charge and I hate you. So I'm going to try to just openly steal your girl. And like, and, and in that first episode where we see Gambit talking to the girl at the mall, who, like you said, was feeling it. So I don't see the problem. Wolverine gets mad and cuts off the whole top of Scott Summers' car. That's not the first yeah. episode, but it's like yeah. in the first three, isn't it? It's, it's early enough on where, yeah. It is funny to watch the difference between the creepers. Cause like at least, at least Gambit is going towards a girl who is single. You watch that whole season and like Wolverine knows, knows that Gene and Scott are together. And he kind of walked in like, yeah, I see it. I don't care. I like her. It's like, no, dude, this is not, <laughs> find someone else. The great part about this conversation is this conversation sounds like the recap of like The Bachelor and how we can't stand certain people. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we literally just like, you know, in this episode, I didn't understand why, you know, it, we, but, you know, they're all great characters and I love them. Professor X tried to give the rose to Sabretooth, but he just didn't accept Don't it. Don't get me started on Xavier either. Oof, oh, he, oh. But look, we're not going to go down that road right now. But Austin, when you, you, you got the card, you started watching the cartoon, were there other characters, were you like sticking to X-Men or was it like, oh, I'm going to try Spider-Man, I'm going to see what else is out there? What were you like checking out at that time? It was legit like everything, everything that I could absorb once I got like the superhero bug. I was like, oh, yes, please. I need more of this. But it, I think it, it definitely came more from getting into the cartoons and then obviously the video games. So like Maximum Carnage was like big in my life. There's like the first game that I could like web sling. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can like traverse this stage by just like web slinging. And then obviously you fast forward to like the, the most recent Spider-Man that came out and you yeah. get to go all over the whole city like that's like, that might be like one of the best games like ever made just yeah. purely because of the the movement system, the way that you can move around the city. So there was an achievement that was like, you have to web sling for like, I don't know, 800,000 miles or whatever, like low to the ground. And I did it and was never like, felt like I was grinding. Like it was so much fun. It's so good. So anything um, superhero-y, I'm, I'm usually going to gravitate towards. But yeah, I'm a big Spider-Man guy, big uh, Scott Summers guy which I know that that's very controversial because people don't seem to understand that when you are the leader, when you are in charge, you have certain stressors that are put on you and you're the leader because you're the one who can make the tough decisions. You don't have to be like Wolverine, who's one, trying to openly steal somebody's girl. Two, it's just a hothead wants to fight all the time. Three, if it wasn't for uh, Cyclops, Wolverine would have been left for dead many times over and no True. one would be there to save him. He would have been dead, uh, dead years ago. Cyclops is a leader. Cyclops needs counseling. Wolverine over the years has never, his loyalty has never ever wavered. He He's always been there that we're not going to have this argument because it shows about you but <laughs> cyclops has always always he he can't decide and all of a sudden okay it's like this cyclops is the big show pick a side big show one day is on the show and he's with you guys dancing and gyrating and throwing pancakes and the next day he's throwing kofi over a, a truck just because he has nothing better to do with his time Th that's how cyclops is pick pick a side choose which which family are you with but I feel like when he when he does flip to the other side, he's got good reasons. Ah, I see. Mm -hmm. uh, growing up in Georgia and then all of a sudden hitting college, did you know when you were going for your bachelor's degree that it would lead to the squared circle? One hundred percent. Really? That was that was the goal. Uh, the biggest thing with me is I have done everything in my power to take the lessons that I have been given by people that are older and wiser and more experienced than me in order to try to figure out what path I need to go down for the best results that I think that I can obtain. And so talking to not only like but the guys who trained me in wrestling, but all of the guys and girls that I've gotten the opportunity to meet and uh, hear their stories and understand like, hey, okay, so this person's been wrestling since they were like 11 or this person's been wrestling since they were like 24 or this, like whatever their story is, whatever their journey is to get into wrestling. There was always something that came up 
they were they were wrestlers and that was what they did that was what they knew that was what they learned that was how they made money they didn't they had the blinders on so nothing else existed and so when you when you live like that it takes things away from you in the later chapters of your life because now you have to use that time to start over rather than being able to turn the page and start reading the next chapter you now have to go get a new pen a new notebook and figure out how to, to how to write this story um, but at a certain point in my life, I don't want to do that anymore because my body's not going to be as as firm. I'm not going to be as uh, mentally uh, prepared for the next thing. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't want my body to to go through that at 50 years old, at 60 years old, because I don't have another way to make money for myself. So, all of the stories that I was told essentially led me to the same uh, same logical like thought. Like, okay, wrestling's great. Hopefully, I make it. But if I don't, I need a way to provide for myself. And if I do, I need a way to provide for myself after. Yeah. Because a wrestling career, on average, it's not going to be like more than like what, like six, six to seven years if you make it. Like think about on on if you take the spectrum of guys. Yeah, there are guys like Ric Flair who's been in the business for like what thirty plus years. Triple H just had a twenty fifth anniversary. Those guys are very lucky to have the longevity that they yeah. have had and to be as as popular and as as over as they are, you know, but not everybody gets that. Most people don't get that. And so my thought was, I hope that I make it to the top. I, I'm going to work as hard as I possibly can to get there. But regardless, I'm going to need this education because even if I if I get hurt to the point where I can't do this anymore, I still have my brain. True. But it was always the goal to get a contract before I graduated. And so I was lucky enough to get a contract in uh, TNA like six months before I graduated. I remember seeing you in TNA and I'm such a big Rocky three fan. I'm like, I love the Rocky series. But I'm such a big Rocky three fan. And when you came out and I was like, holy crap, this man is Apollo Creed's son. <laughs> it was like so, so cool. It was, oh, it was really fun. It was really fun to see that. I, I was so pumped. Cause like we said, talking about superheroes. So like to me, Apollo Creed is a superhero. Yeah. He's like the greatest character of anything ever. Like a guy who can, he's, he's just jacked sweet tight fro that mustache looks great in a suit and he could beat the hell out of you while he's cutting a promo on you like yeah what actually that that's that film rocky 2 and rocky rocky 2 rocky 3 are to me when it comes outside of wrestling are two of the best moments to watch professional athlete cut a promo for those of you who don't know uh people always consider interviews or promos or when the wrestlers sell themselves on the microphone to sell the matches coming up. So when I remember you walking down the aisle when I was watching TNA at home back in California, and when you came in the aisle, I was like, this brother has this down. And it was so, so good. I mean, complete with coat and shorts, dude. I was like, this is awesome. It's like that whole idea of like Muhammad Ali got his swag like from pro wrestling. Yeah. You know, so to see this character who's essentially based off Muhammad Ali turned up and put in a movie situation, I'm thinking, OK, this is wrestling, you know. And so that's always just been been my thing. Um, but, yeah, it was it was wild like with my roommates when I told them, like, hey, I, I'm going to be on a, on a on a TNA show. And they're like, wait, what? It's like, yeah, it's like they're, it's like they're WrestleMania, essentially. So I was on that. And then a few months later, they ended up offering me a deal. But the thing that was really cool about uh, this was with Jeff Jarrett. He was like, um, you know, we want to offer you a deal. And I looked at it and I was like, look, man, I, I have to finish school. Because I think I'm like 19 at this point. It's like, I want to sign this, but I want to finish school. So, like, if I, if I can't finish school on the schedule, then I got to decline. I'm sorry. And that was like the hardest thing I've ever said to anybody in my life. I was like, please, please, please call my bluff. <laughs> just, just, sorry, just don't call my bluff. Just. And so he, he, uh, we we're on the phone and he's like, yep, well, by all means, finish school. We'll put you on like a half schedule until you graduate. And so, um, told all my friends and then they actually had a show in Greenville, South Carolina, where I went to college. I went to Furman and, uh, all my friends came. It was a very small school. It's like 3000 students. And so yeah. like all of my psychology professors came and it was like, oh my God, this is the best. And then a few years later, got signed with WWE while I was doing my master's and everything, finished my master's with them. And uh, it's just been something that's very important to me because I got the two undergrads and master's. And I'm like, it's just uh, something that I want to be able to show the people who are wrestling after me. Like, you don't have to just wrestle. There's there's more things that you need to be able to do. And it just makes you a more well-rounded entertainer, I think. Because obviously, like, my, my, my end goal for this life is to host – a re a reloaded version of Nick Arcade. Like that's <laughs> that's pinnacle dream for me. Yeah. 
And so in order to do that, like I'm trying to make sure that I do know how to talk. I do know how to, I have awareness of a live audience. I've got stage presence. I could sing for you, I could dance, like I could do whatever I can host. Like I'm trying to figure out a way to amalgamate all of these things into getting this Nick Arcade job and wrestling is definitely the biggest aspect of that. James, you were saying how you saw him on TNA. I, I didn't, I wasn't always a TNA watcher. And so I saw you, I think maybe it was, I just saw a clip of a guy kind of dressed like a power ranger and he did this like flip in the ring. And I was like, who's that guy? I like that guy. It was the same thing the first time. Cause I was out of wrestling for a long time and I grew up in the hardcore punk scene. And so someone told me like, you should check out this dude, CM Punk. And I was like, why? He's like, he's straight edge. I was like, what? Uh, like seeing that was like, oh, there's that connection to something that is relevant to me. So I love how you and, and the New Day guys bring like those connections for the geeky side and, and have that for wrestling. It's just, it's real neat. I appreciate that, man. It's really comes from a place of like, what would entertain me if I was still like in, in pure wrestling fan mode, you know? If I was me and I wasn't a wrestler, what would make me laugh or make me cry or like make me feel like insecure or anxious? Like what could I do to myself that I would see on TV and, and elicit those emotions? And so there was never a group of guys or any guy that reached out to like what I was into. Nobody was a super nerd. Nobody really rep video games. That's why with New Day, we were like, well, everybody's going down this super congested highway when there's one right over there with an eyesight that I don't see any cars on. People say like, oh, this person's like very lucky and this and that. And my grandma hit me with this quote and it's burned inside my brain is luck is the intersection of skill and opportunity because there are a lot of people who are going to get opportunities and they won't have the skill to succeed. You're going to call them unlucky. But when a skillful person gets an opportunity and makes it, they get deemed lucky. But it's not it's not luck. Like you made that happen. You were ready for when you got the call. I was there the Monday night um, after WrestleMania that the New Day debuted. And it was so cool to see. And I remember around that time, I was doing Aladdin and someone backstage had told me, they said, hey, um, you know, Austin Creed and, and his family are here at Aladdin. And I was like, they're what? They're here. Okay, great. So for those people who don't know, when I was doing Aladdin on Broadway, there were a couple moments in the show where I was allowed to improvise and make up things because the genie is the genie, so he can do things. So I found a way to shout out <laughs> you, and I'll never forget the look on your face. You were like, did he just say my name? <laughs> I was losing it because I was there. I was there with wifey, and I was like, wait, wait, what? I looked at her. She looked at me. It's like, nah, nah, nah. I Maybe, maybe, maybe that was it. Maybe that was it. You're so good. It like seamlessly fit into what you were doing. So that's what threw me off. Like, I don't know if it was like meant for me because I'm here because it like played very well. So like you're the both of you are extremely talented humans. And so I know that we're, you're interviewing me and stuff, but I, I am honestly honored to be in this, uh, the presence of you two. Please. Thank you, my man. The things that you guys do have inspired me to do things on in my profession. So Obviously, Ryan, working so closely with all of these elaborate uh, storylines, and that we draw off of those things a lot. And so, for instance, we were going up against the revival, and we had a we had like X amount of time to do whatever we were going to do. And I was like, "Well, I got Dragon Con coming up, so I'm going to be gone for a few weeks anyway. Why don't we just add two weeks to that and like break my leg or do whatever to my knee?" And so we tried to recreate that moment of Spider-Man talking to Tony Stark before he disappears. Oh, yes, I, I remember that. And so I remember, I remember like going, going to Triple H and being like, hey, this is what we're going to want to do. He's like, isn't that going to take forever? And I was like, yeah, yeah. But it's just like in the Avengers movie. <laughs> and he was like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, go ahead, do that. So I'm like, yeah, so we can speak this language now. And again, for the people that don't follow wrestling, wrestling is essentially something where I can say, hi, I'm Xavier Woods, a.k.a. Austin Creed, and I'm a professional LARPer. <laughs> Besides you being an amazing WWE superstar, your other thing is you are the most avid, I mean, avid gamer I have ever met in my life. I don't know anybody else who likes video games more than you. What was the Marvel game? What was it? Was it Maxim Carnage? Maxim Carnage that, that got you into that? That did it. That X Men like arcade one, the six player one. Yes. So dope. But like, uh, I didn't have the money as a child to get through it because <laughs> I was no. just died. I, was I don't just know. Died. Most people don't. 
so yeah. really. It's a, I beat it on like hard. an emulator years later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll say I'll say Maximum Carnage definitely, but then yeah, the the best one is the the most recent Spider Man game. Yeah. It's yeah. it's great. I have to ask you just because uh, Ryan knows I told him it was bothering me. How long did it take you to catch all the pigeons? Oh, I did all of the achievements, the in-game achievements, before I beat the game. Mm -hmm. Because I, I forced myself. And I took – there's evidence of this. I took screenshots and stuff and put them on Twitter. Because I, I had my PlayStation on, PlayStation on the road with me. And I get to the hotel between, like, midnight or 3 a.m., whatever. And if it was, like, 3 a.m., I'd be like, okay, cool. I can only web-sling for, like, 15 minutes. But I would do the low-to-the-ground web-slinging. And they catch the pigeons and the hidden stuff, and I would just do it every single day for like months. It took me, and I was doing, and it, it hurt so bad because I would hear like crimes going down, and be like, I can't, I gotta focus. I'm here doing one thing. <laughs> if I go on, if I go on one tangent, I am screwed. So I, I couldn't even tell you because it's, it, I, I, I did it inside of doing all of the other stuff, especially like like the wall running one. Like you have to yeah. wall run three hundred. Like that's just what I did at night, every night for months i have to i have to tell people this okay austin has a briefcase a briefcase with his playstation in it and if there's if someone can find it there is a wwe moment where they were on the road with the new day and the briefcase falls and you almost see austin's life crumble because the playstation fell on the ground it fell out of the it fell out of the car but the brother walks around with a briefcase that you think is probably got like his documents from all of the shows that he does or his contracts from all that no the fact that you have a briefcase with just your system <laughs> in it is one of the most like gangster video game things i've ever seen in my life well austin is it one of those game cases with the screen inside it as well yes so oh. the thing is so i i, I did have that but I shortly after it fell out of the back seat of that car, I upgraded to the backpack. <laughs> oh, um, your cosplay game is ridiculous. I mean, your 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 stuff is like professional. I mean, bro, you could like take your cosplay, be in a movie, take it off, go back into the ring. It is that good. What? How did you really get into cosplay? And do you have a dream Marvel cosplay character? So the reason my name is Xavier Woods is because of Charles Xavier. <laughs> I'm going to shake my head at you. He's a creep. He does terrible things like, oh, children? Cool. I'm just going to put them in front of murderous madmen adults, this dude who can take metal, and he will literally try to kill every single one of them. I have, I have love for Xavier. I know that he's done weird things, but who isn't always battling their sense of duality, honestly? Wow, Ryan. Okay. Wow. <laughs> so I, I got into cosplay because my best friend, Michael Mosley, uh, he, he used to wrestle on the independence as well. But we ended up going to Dragon Con because there was have, they were having a wrestling show there. We're like, oh, we want to go see. And when we went, got to the event, we didn't realize it was like a convention, like dress up as anime characters and superheroes and all this stuff. Like we had never been to a convention before. And so um, we saw what was going on. And the wrestling show itself is, is part of the convention. So somebody might be dressed up like uh, like Batman in wrestling gear and do like stuff like Robin might come from under the ring and help him. And they might hit the like the the Batu You're on a Marvel podcast. You can't even give us the courtesy <laughs> of dropping Marvel characters. You have to go with with <laughs> Batman and Robin as your references. <laughs> How dare so you? How dare you? What if I come in like, oh, I, yeah, man, I love the new day. Cody and Hangman Page, this is so good. Can I tell you this? Can I tell you this? So, so good. I was looking in my brain. I was literally reliving the event and saying what I saw. And as it was coming out of my mouth, I was like, I'm on Marvel's podcast. <laughs> my, it literally came out and I was like, oh, God, come on. <laughs> okay. So we're there seeing this wrestling show because we're trying to get on it. And we noticed that there's people that might come out dressed as like Iron Man or anything like that. And so we realized like this stuff is really cool. This is this is really awesome. First and foremost, we want to get on this show. But then we got the bug like how are people making these outfits that we would see at the con? Because like in the wrestling show, obviously, it's like the most basic form of the cosplay because they have to wrestle in it and get beat up. But when we're walking around, we see all of these incredible outfits, all like, like I'm pretty sure at the first one, I saw like the dopest, like real Spider-Man outfit. And I was like, oh my God, this is like legit Peter Parker in this outfit. And so we started going to different panels about how to make this stuff. And so he took the knowledge that he gained from those panels and started making cosplays for real and to the point where now he's got a cosplay business where they do like kids parties and stuff like he's like that's that's he's the man he's so good 
I love that stuff because again, like people like comic books, they like video games, they like wrestling all for the same reasons. And I always try to explain like, we all got through that phase of high school where all of the things that we loved weren't quote unquote cool anymore. And we got made fun of for enjoying them. Once you get past that, then you still love comic books as an adult. You still love wrestling as an adult. You still love video games as an adult. I try to make sure people understand like we're all the same kind of nerd. We've all went, we've all gone through the same like nerd hardships. And so now that we're all on the other side, we have to come together. And people that love wrestling have to go to people who like comic books and like go, look, having that avenue into wrestling has now shown you a bunch of other things that you now like. And so if wrestling fans can do that for people who like video games and comic books and video game fans can do that for people who like comic books and wrestling and comic book fans can do that for people who like wrestling and video games. Now there's this amalgamation of, of all of these nerd things that get raised to a higher level. The rising tide raises all ships, you know? And so that's, that's the, that's like the main thing that I'm like living for is just holding up a mirror to everyone and being like, look at yourself because I'm the exact same as you and you're the exact same as that person over there. So we should all be friends. It's really funny. Cause I, I get, I get fans who, whenever I post something about uh, wrestling, I get Broadway fans who go, Oh my God, you're a Broadway person, but you like wrestling too. And they get so excited. And there's like a group of us in the Broadway world who are avid wrestling and comic book fans and the threads that we have in the conversations that people saw who was in this thread they would lose their mind and they would go oh my god that person loves wrestling and they're they're these are some serious hardcore people about comics and wrestling and they are broadway folks so we get up every night and we rap about hamilton or we sing about the genie or we you know let it go or you know do everything that alphabet does in wicked and then turn around and like pick up a comic book during intermission and it, it happens all the time it's ridiculous yeah i think that's why it's so fun for the three of us in particular to be talking it's like someone who is a fan of comics should be a fan of wrestling should be a fan of musical theater and vice versa all it's all versions of amazing storytelling and and theatrics and and exciting and there's like i think part of what i I hear from you know comic book fans who like poo poo wrestling is like well it's it's just not good or like what they they say something's like well not all comics are good not all wrestling is good not all theater is good good. you got to find the great stuff and then you you will realize how amazing it can be as a storytelling medium, as an art form. Like my upstairs neighbor is a famous fine artist. Like he has got, you know, paint like drawings in, in, in galleries around the world and all this stuff. I made him watch. Like I sat him down and like had wrestling on. He's like, wow. Like watching <laughs> like the, like the curtains open in his mind to see everything that was being performed and done. He was like, that was great. And he like, Weeks after that, he was like, I watched some wrestling with some friends at their apartment. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you did. Uh, one of the best, the, you know, the MCU has been around for 20 years. It's awesome. But it all ended with Avengers Endgame. Is it true? Is it is it true that you reenacted the first five minutes of the film for someone in the WWE locker room? Ali, Ali, yeah, 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 yeah. Because you came into the conversation. Okay, I remember. So we're talking about uh, the movie and what... Like, so, okay, I think it it came out the day before, and I want to say we saw it the day of, and then saw it again, like, two days later. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So, essentially, he came in, and we're like, oh, my God, we're talking about the movie. Like, have you seen it? He's like, yeah, yeah, I saw it. And we're talking about it. He goes, oh, I missed that part. I'm like, what do you mean you missed that part? He's like, I missed, like, the, the opening scene. He was, like, three minutes late. And I was like, you missed possibly the most important three minutes of the movie. He was like, why? And I was like, it changed everything for me because I didn't know anything about uh, Hawkeye. So for me, that couple of minutes completely turned him like 180. I was like, Hawkeye is the baddest dude in the group. Ooh. Oh, my God. He is not fighting to save the world. Like, screw the world. Yes. <laughs> screw the world. This man, like, I have I have a family. I have kids and stuff now. And so my mentality has changed on so many things. Like, when he, and spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the movie, I'm going to talk a little bit about it. So Ollie hadn't seen it. So I was like, oh, my God. OK, so he's, he's got kids as well. So I said, OK, so imagine this. Imagine you're playing ball with your daughter. I'm your daughter. So I'm like legit, like pretending to be his daughter. Like I'm like on my knees, like throwing the ball with him. And <laughs> like this ball is an arrow. And I threw the arrow. Now go get it. And then turn around. And I was gone. He was like, wait, where'd you go? And I was like, exactly. 
Now turn around and look. Now turn around and look for the rest of your family. He goes, Oh my God, they're gone too. I said, Exactly. He goes, Oh my God, that's so important. <laughs> that's an emotional core of the film. Yes. Seriously. Dude, I I legit, I wasn't ready for it. Because like I said before, didn't I, I saw him on screen, I was like, ah, eh, okay, eh, okay, what's gonna happen? To I went from that to crying in 90 seconds. When that scene happened, it like everybody was quiet. Any dad understand any parent understands. Let's pull it back because we, we're running out of time here. Um, yeah. I do want to make sure one of our producers, Zachary, has a very specific question he wanted us to ask, and it is about a goofy movie. And I, I will say I do not have the knowledge base here, so I'm I, flying yes. blind. Um, so Zach believes that uh, you created a character for Dungeons and Dragons that you 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 did at PAX once, and Bobby Zamersky. So that one, uh, uh, is that tied to a character from a Goofy movie? It, yes, it's literally Bobby Zemaruski. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know it, who that is. So, I, so it, please, so please it, explain, Austin. This is good. So in a Goofy movie, and and I'll say this to the day that I die. Uh, Goofy movie is the first Black Disney movie. Rest my case. Yes, don't at me. 20, <laughs> what a movie! Um, so. Max Goofy's friend is played by Polly Shore, and his name is Bobby Zemaruski, and he's obsessed with eating cheese. And so this, to me, is one of the funniest characters because there's there's no reason for him to be obsessed with cheese. It doesn't add anything to the story. It doesn't take anything away from the story. <laughs> this character, completely irrelevant to the story, he helps him with like some AV stuff at the beginning for his concert that he does with some lights. But other than that, he's nowhere to be found. And so, but I love him to death. Bobby Zemaruski in the Goofy movie loves cheese. And so my Bobby Zemaruski, he is a like six and a half, seven foot barbarian with like tattoos all over his body. And he's got always like remnants of cheese on his face. And he works for cheese. He lives for cheese. He dies for cheese. And so people try to pay him money to do things. And he refuses and just wants cheese. He likes it. He wants that good, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh boy, nice. look at the time. Oh, well done. Well done. Well done. Well done. <laughs> oh man. I have to I have to ask. Um, you know, bruh, you're in professional wrestling. You are one of the greatest tag team wrestlers uh of all time. So I have to ask, if you if if the new day, if if E and, and Kofi couldn't be there, but there was a galactic war and the last match of the world between good and evil was uh, some other person and their Marvel character. And it was Austin Creed in the ring. And you had to pick your Marvel tag team partner. Who would it be to save the world? Who would it be? Killmonger. Whoa, nice. Are we trying to like have a good time or are we trying to win? Well, you're trying to trying, win. So that's you're why I win. Killmonger because yes. Killmonger understands that when it's time to win, certain people have to no longer be able to participate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm definitely ready once I'm uh, healed and back to wrestling to go on my full Killmonger vibes because the only thing that I have my eyes set on, like my sole purpose, my sole purpose used to be to get a contract. And then my sole purpose used to be, man, got to make sure to get to the main roster. And then my sole purpose was, ah. I gotta figure out something to do with myself. And I did. And then my purpose changed. I said, you know what needs to happen? We need to have our first African-born WWE champion. And so for oh, years, so for years, yes. I worked my cheeks off. E worked his cheeks off. Kofi worked his cheeks off to make sure that Kofi gained that accolade. And now it's time to focus back on your boy. It's my turn now. I when I come do. back, I am telling you. I am vying for the king of the ring. It's the only thing left that I want, that I need. I need it like air to breathe. I need it like water to survive. I need it like food, like sustenance in my belly because I am not hungry. I am starving and I will never be satiated, but I want the crown for a little temporary rest because my neck has been getting bigger while I've been out and heavy is the head that wears the crown. Hail to the king. That, 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 all hail the king, all hail King Austin Creed. That is a perfect way to wrap up this, Most definitely. Uh, this interview. Ladies and gentlemen, if you enjoyed what you heard here today, and I hope you did, make sure to go to YouTube, type in up, up, down, down, hit subscribe. Also, New Day Podcast. It's a podcast with me, my boys, Kofi and Big E. Also, check me on YouTube or on uh, Twitch and Instagram at Xavier Woods PhD. Also catch me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Austin Creed. DMs are open. Hit me up if you want me on your podcast or want me to play some games for money. Thanks. 
How many jobs do you have? The two of you. It's just shaming everybody. I got to go. Thank you all for being on This Week in Marvel. All right. It is time for our question of the week, which for next week is going to tie into uh, our show, which is a big Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Palooza. We're going to have on Elizabeth Henstridge, who is, of course, an actor, but also, as of this season, a director for Marvel's yeah. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Very cool. And we also had Mark Kolpak, who is visual effects supervisor for the show, for the entire run of the series. Uh, so it's pretty cool. And then this season has been awesome. The team has been traveling through time. So I thought it'd be fun to ask if you could travel through time and team up with Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which era would you choose? James? Oh, please. The, the original. That, 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 that original time period was just... They were so fire, you know, because <laughs> whenever I think of time periods, I always have to think about my safety. <laughs> so I'm always like, You're like 2013? Let's, let's, 2013, 2014, let's stay right. Let's stay right where everybody's cool. We get to the 60s and stuff. You're like, 60s, like the music is good, but you know, I can't go outside after 5 p.m. I just, Jeez. let me just. <laughs> well, that was something that I thought was cool that they tackled on the show where they were like, hey, yeah. this is not great for me. Thanks. Yes. Yeah. That's, I'm not that's loving this. That's what when I when I saw that, I was like, oh, thank you so much. I think people always do that whole go back in time thing. And they don't realize that if you're a woman or a per- person of color, going back in time may not be the greatest thing. Nope. So I really enjoyed that a part of the show. <laughs> yeah, no, I loved I lived for the 80s. I lived, I mean, I loved the 80s. I lived them. Um, I was very, very small. But the 80s episode was like this 80s hacker thing. I've talked about it a, mil- a million times, but I laughed my butt off. I even loved, they did some like special effects work in that. That was so funny where, no spoilers, but like yeah. somebody gets killed and it's like somebody throws red paint against like a wall. <laughs> like sploosh blood. I was just like cry laughing at how good it was. It made me so yeah. happy. Um, so always choose the 80s. Yeah, I was going to choose the 80s as well. It's so good. Oh, so much fun. Damn. That was a great episode. So funny. You know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., that first episode, that, that first season, you really had to be a fan and dig in because they were laying groundwork. Like, it yeah. didn't start picking up until, like, season two and three. But season one, if you stuck with it, man, it's 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 a, such a satisfying ending. And then you you just start barreling right into the rest of the seasons. But I, season one is one of my favorites. Yeah. You can tweet your answers using hashtag this week in Marvel and email them to twimpodcast at marvel.com. That is twim, T W I M P O D C A S T at marvel.com. Or send a message to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash this week in Marvel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do that. Uh, we got a lot. This has been a long show this week. So our main tweet in here from our community section is from Megan McCabe at Ms. Megan McCabe, who, uh, as a reminder for everybody listening, is the uh, Twimmamaniac of the year because she started from the beginning of This Week in Marvel and has listened to just about every dang episode. She's uh, really yes. close to catching up to where we are live. And she tweeted, to go on the record, Agent M, the occasional drop-in of Niccolo on the early episodes of This Week in Marvel made all the hours of listening 1,000% worth it. (laughs) Niccolo, wonderful spider editor and just an amazing human being. There was... A delight. So where we used to record the show in in the beginning days was the same place that Lorraine and I used to shoot our show, Thwip, the big Marvel show, Mm -hmm. which is kind of like a large walk-in closet. Uh, It's a small room, but large (laughs) walk-in closet. And we would record in there, and it was down the hall from all the comic book editors, and Nick Lowe would come in every once in a while when he knew we were recording. And my favorite was one day he came in and he tripped over the desk, and it was just (laughs) chaos. It was just him yelling and... (laughs) flailing about and uh it was tremendous my first uh my first um walkthrough of the marble building i got to see you know, like oh the person who was giving me the tour was like oh and this is where we tape all the shows and i was like wow and i literally told him i could i said man it'd be really cool someday i'd love to be on one of the marble shows and like so to walk past that building and then like now to be on it is pretty pretty awesome yay yeah 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 dreams do come true Yes, they do. And on that note, this week's episode of This Week in Marvel was produced by Percy of Berlin, Zachary Goldberg, Lorraine Sink, and Ryan Panagos. Our audio development manager is Brad Barton. 
Jill DeBuff is our director of audio. And special thanks to Professional Wrestling for giving us buff dudes and ladies in very small pants on our TVs. I concur. I'm Ryan. I'm Lorraine. I am James. And this is Marvel. Your Your universe. Universe.